0: Here we go again. We on day three on this uh, journey towards seeing Christ's last week on earth, this passion week in which uh, Christ ends up exalting the father and bringing salvation to the people through his death, his resurrection, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension. It's pretty... uh, it's kind of ironic that I skipped over the burial part of the gospel story when the one we're considering today is the one of the woman who anoints Jesus in preparation for Jesus' burial. So let's look at this story from the writer of Matthew's gospel's angle in Matthew 26, verses 6 through 16. While Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman approached him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. She poured it on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw it, they were indignant. Why this waste? they asked. This might have been sold for a great deal and given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a noble thing for me. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. By pouring this perfume on my body, she has prepared me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. I apologize so much, y'all. I lied to you. I said we were going to go to 16, but uh, we only went through 13. So that was Matthew 26, 6 through 13. Like these other stories. And as you know, I take the personal view that the gospel writers (laughs) have very, very different memories or recountings of this story. And that causes some issues sometimes, whether theologically, uh, convictionally, uh, it, it really, can be concerning it's not always easy to decipher which story is which sometimes people think uh jesus gets anointed twice because some passages say he got anointed in his head on his head and some say it was on his feet some say the woman uh wiped his feet with her hair some call her unnamed one calls her a sinner and one calls her mary mary of bethany which would have been lazarus's sister um I'm intentionally leaving the name of Mary out, not uh, uh, Martha out, not because I feel like she's not a significant character, but that might not be her name. Anyway, all of this is to describe that as beautiful as this story is, it is also very difficult and can't just be taken lightly as we interpret it or try to talk about it in less than 10 minutes. With that said, as we talk about it in these next 10 minutes, I want to focus on a couple things. It's not all of the things, but it's a couple of them that I find to be very important. One of which belongs to this woman who is described in Matthew and Luke as an unnamed woman with an alabaster jar. uh, That was probably of nard uh a type of essential oil that would have been imported or exported from india or uh china or the himalayan regions right and so as she's pouring this out on jesus's feet and coming out into a room of people at a table who would be considered as significant in society Simon the leper is the one who invited Jesus over to his home who would have had some semblance of prestige and importance in his neighborhood, right? And Jesus is talking to them. And this woman comes out and anoints his head with oil and Matthew's recounting. And people look and be like, what is she doing? They talk about her as if she ain't even there and uh, even the disciples say this could have been used for the poor or sold for a greater use of the money instead of just wasting it her act of devotion her act of worship was seen as foolishness which ain't really that bad of a description uh, of a believer <laughs> who believes in Jesus, there are so many times in the Bible where the message of the cross is seen to be foolish, or people who worship God, even in the Hebrew scriptures like David, were considered as undignified, or even the prodigal son's stories. It's actually about the God, the father who's prodigal in his drawing near towards both of his sons in a way that seems wasteful of his love so to jesus this woman's action was consistent of his father's heart and it was in line with what he knew what he was about to do it's very interesting how jesus says her act is preparing me for burial I was talking to my homie Trey and he was talking about how, uh, there's so much fodder for theological insight and imagination here, because we don't know if this woman knew what she was doing or not. But regardless, this is how Jesus interprets and understands her action. And the other writers actually give different angles to what Jesus, um, how Jesus had described what was going on. Again, we don't have time for all of those deliberations, but I want you guys to imagine study of the Bible as this fun engaging experience rather than just this um uh, mono uh lithic type of storytelling. Uh we see the disciples uh feathers get ruffled a little bit as they're like, "Oh, this could have been given to the poor." Now, what a great motivation the problem is (laughs) as noble as those desires were as we engage with the different stories documented about this moment we don't know that the disciples motives were really that pure they were very much so influenced by a society that did not like women who expressed themselves especially when it came to Uh, the act of anointing someone because anointing is particularly for the dead and Jesus in receiving it from her and saying it's for his burial. He's saying, I'm accepting the road of suffering as the Messiah. His acceptance of messianic suffering is what R.T. France calls it in his commentary of Matthew. And so, you know, Kings and prophets and priests were not <laughs> typically anointed by anyone but a, but a man <laughs> uh, uh, or who would be uh, seen as one worthy of that. And Jesus accepts this and says her story will be told throughout all history. Now, I don't know how faithful we've done this woman in relation to, to what she really did on this day. Because anointing for burial also was not supposed to be before the death. So that's another movement point of the story. The gospel writers want us to understand Jesus is intentional in, about what his work of self sacrifice was about to be. His death was solidified and his betrayal was impending. Uh, His uh, trial where uh, Barabbas gets released and he gets uh, indicted, is on the way. And this unnamed woman comes with a boldness like no other and does what Jesus calls a beautiful thing or a noble thing. And it is worship. Worship might have you looking like a fool. But once you know what Jesus has done, once you take that in and observe the lengths to which God sacrificed in Christ, met us in our crazy places, no one can keep us from anointing our Savior's feet or head. In other words, no one can keep us from looking foolish.